Pulp MX Network production. You cast me, I'll complete me till What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity. All right, man? Yeah, what's up? This is Darkside for the Moto X Pod Show. Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show, the number one moto wrap-up show in the industry. And I'm here to discuss this week's Pulp MX Show with a couple guests. But first, let me tell you about our awesome sponsors. Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, even off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson to Jeremy McGrath in the 90s, Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky Pro Circuit Kawasaki and JGR Suzuki, as well as many others. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. And listen, you know all about Michelin motorcycle tires from the Pulp MX show. And now I'm excited to announce the Michelin Bicycle Tires as a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX wrap-up show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire. And to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill... Then visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products and follow them on Instagram at Michelin Bicycle. And of course, those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motosport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at motosport.com. And I want to welcome on our new sponsor, Seal Savers. Since 1999, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection of the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Seal Savers has since revolutionized fork seal protection with their zip-on seal savers, making installation a breeze. So check out their full line of moto products as well as intuitive products for your side-by-side. Seal Savers is the original and the ultimate when it comes to protection. Enter the code PULP25 for 25% off at sealsavers.com. Hey, and don't forget to visit pulpmexshow.com for sponsor links and discount codes as well as the Amazon widget. If you want to be on the Pulp Mex Wrap-Up Show with me to talk about the Pulp Mex Show, or you want to contribute a question or topic for the Hello Pookie segment, send it to darkside at pulpmex.com. Okay, let's get to our guests. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Pulp Mex Wrap-Up Show. Uh, this week it's show number 447 with Paul Parabinos from Renthal and Randy Vallade from Pro Taper in, uh, in studio. But my guest tonight, first back for the third time, brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires from Seal Savers, Mr. Mason Mill. What's up, dude? Hey, Darkstar. Thanks for having me back on, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to have you on. I think we're going to do something a little special for some of our listeners here in a little bit. But uh, I'm really, really excited about our next guest, first time co-host, professional racer from Team All South, brought to you by Guts Racing, Mr. Van Martin. What up? Yo, what up, Dark Side? Dude, man, I am uh, super stoked to have you on here. You were on the show that will not be named a couple weeks ago, 
And while I was talking to you, you asked why I haven't had you on. And I was like, ah, hell, I don't know. Let's do it. So I'm, I'm stoked, man. I'm ready to do this thing. Um, but Van, man, what's before we get going, just tell everybody what's going on with you and Team All South for 2021. Yeah, it's been going good, and I'm uh, I'm stoked to be on, dude. Darkside, thanks for having me on. And I listened to the wrap up show, quite a few of them. So uh, yeah, I I know kind of how it goes and stuff. So I'm excited to be part of it. But yeah, it's been good. I've just been uh, just training my butt off, really, just getting ready for Supercross and riding a little bit of outdoors too, because it's kind of been raining off and on, and uh, training kids in my off time. So pretty chaotic day by day for me. Awesome, man. Well, super, super excited about this year. And, uh, you know, as one of the privateer island kind of guys, you're always, for, at least for me, a fan favorite. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking for good things out of you this year, man. And um, obviously, everybody knows I'm dark side. So I'm brought to you by Seal Savers tonight. It's going to be a great show. Lots to talk about. We had Jet Lawrence on uh, Monday night, which when Steve posted about it, I, I guess it said in the Twitter feed, like, J-Law on tonight, and a whole bunch of people on YouTube, I guess, I don't know what they're thinking, but they, they thought it was uh, the the other J-Law. So, uh, yeah, no, no, uh, no, it's the new J-Law, boys. Jet Lawrence was on. Uh, and also, Jalik Swole, NYK came on, he called in, and Jeremy Malott, which I thought was fantastic. But first up, Van, since, since you're new, you're first-timer, Give me a give me an overview of what you thought of episode four forty seven. Man, I liked it a lot. It was uh, it was really good, especially like with the uh, schedule kind of being on hold, and they they touched on that some, and it was pretty funny knowing now like Steve said he didn't know anything about the the new schedule, right? Yeah, and and then he's like, I I think it might go to Atlanta, you know, and then. And then we find out like, the next day that it does. It was like, it's pretty good. It's it's funny to know that he just kind of guessed, and that's what happened. But well, okay, so yeah. you think you think he guessed? You don't think maybe he actually knew and was just playing along? No, I kind of felt like he was like being legit. I don't know, just the I tone did too. In his voice. Yeah, yeah, like like, and I because I obviously listened to like all the shows, so I kind of. I feel like I know Steve better than I actually do just from listening so much. So I can kind of tell, like, the tone of his voice when he's being, like, legit and when he's not, you know? I don't yeah, know. yeah. I agree. I, that's kind of, I, I felt like he was being honest. How about you, Mason? What did you think? Uh, episode 447, tell me something that really stood out to you. Uh, Jamie's interview was super cool. That stuck out to me. Yep. Um, but I do think that Steve was being honest, just kind of guessing. I don't know. You never know with him. No, I, I think so, too, because a lot of times you can kind of tell when he – oh, he'll tell you he knows something and just he won't say it. And he even asked JT at one point, you know, because JT kind of seemed like he did know and Steve was trying to get it out of him. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, you know, I like the guests. Like, I always love Paul in, but having Paul and Randy together who seemed like very, very close friends but also – competitors right bar to bar i mean bar company versus bar company mason it was it was pretty cool to have that friendship relationship on the show but then kind of messing with each other throughout the show about their bars and who they have on their team i really really like these two guests 
Yeah, they were great together. Um, you can definitely tell they've got a long history. And I thought it was cool listening to them. I mean, they're competing brands um, and also competing sponsors of, of Steve's different shows. So I thought that True. was really fun and entertaining to listen to. Uh, Van, how about you, man? Do you like Paul and Randy? Or, I mean, what do you think of them as co-hosts? Should we do it again? Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. They were definitely – I didn't know they were as good as friends as they were. Right. And, uh, I've known Paul for a while now. He's helped me out for a while, and um, he's my rental guy now. So it was cool. Paul's always so good to listen to, and they were yep. just feeding off each other. And then, and then just like what you said about the the competing bar, the competing bar manufacturers. It was funny how they were like they weren't jabbing each other, but they were just joking with each other. You know, and Steve was egging it on a little bit here and there, and it was just. It was yeah, they're really good uh, in-house guests for sure. Hundred percent agree. I'd love to have Randy and Paul back in more often if they could. I know it's not easy to do it, but uh, I thought it was great. So we have already sort of touched on that they they mentioned the schedule change, right? We we found out Monday that Glendale was out. Uh, I talked to Sean Brennan last night from Feld, and, and you know we know that Feld is really disappointed in that. Uh, Steve kind of touched on it. They have a good relationship with Glendale. Great fan base in Glendale. But we kind of knew this could happen. And as you guys said, they, they sort of threw out some possibilities. Even like Vegas got brought up. I think Paul thought it was going to be Vegas. But uh, now we know it's Atlanta Motor Speedway, which is still an, a, a venue that we've never been to. And I think that is exciting. I think that's going to be cool for guys like Steve who get to go and guys like yourself, uh, Van, who get to go race it. And uh, I, I probably, I don't know who knows this yet, but I was told that at Atlanta Motor Speedway, they are going to build three separate tracks on the facility for the three races, which I think is pretty bitching, Mason. Wow. Yeah, that's super cool. I can't wait to see it. Honestly, all the talk of Supercross got me really excited. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I'm, sure we'll, I'm sure we'll get into that. Oh, we're good. We're good. I just, I know that's not... What I just said, Van, wasn't actually touched on Monday night, but since it's, I feel like it's relative to that topic, I just throw that out there. But I think, I think Atlanta Motor Speedway is going to be pretty damn cool. Yeah, that's going to be super rad, especially, well, for me, I mean, personally, Team All South is from Atlanta, and they've, yep. been, to, uh, they've been to that place because Jeff races cars, too, and um, it'll be super rad just being in the backyard and being out our, or outdoors pretty much. It'll kind of be a Daytona so yeah, five, I guess. Yeah, I think so. So that'd be cool. Yeah, I think so. Okay, well, all that happened obviously because of all the the stuff that's been going on for the last nine, ten months, eleven months, whatever. Uh, the COVID, and Steve talked about this. The guys talked about it quite a bit. Uh, everybody's going to have the rapid COVID testing, but the topic that kind of got brought up a lot, Van, is you know Steve says, "Hey, chances are top riders going to get it." Um, you know, and, and Paul asked the question, if somebody does come down with it, like, do you think they should be able to race? What are your thoughts on that topic, man? As a professional racer, uh, you're going to be out there. You know, that's it's obviously very valid. The whole topic is valid. We don't know what's going to happen. What do you think about it? What do you think about what they said? Yeah, they they mentioned that, too. And, yeah, Paul, when Paul asked that question, if um, someone should be able to race, um, I, I kind of treat it like the same thing that Steve said. It's just like if you look at baseball or, I mean, not baseball, but football right now and um, like F1, when those people are getting it, when the athletes are getting it, they just can't, they can't perform, you know? And I right. feel like Supergrass has got to be the same way. Like they they can't, 
you can't get around it. Just, if someone has it, you can't race. I mean, no, I think I think you're right. It, you know, as you know, being a little bit biased, we kind of want all our guys there. So if like if somebody had COVID, let's let's say Adam Cincerillo gets COVID. But, you know, he's one of those guys that it doesn't really affect too much, and he could race. We would love to see him out there, but it's really just not its not appropriate, I guess. So I think those guys had that handled pretty well. Mason, how about the talk? JT brought it up and Paul brought it up about maybe these guys should just go and intentionally get it. Uh, I, I don't think I, I agree with that too much. Yeah, I don't know that I agree with it. I haven't really <laughs> thought of that. I right. thought it was funny. It did make me laugh. But I, I can't imagine anyone would just go do that, to no. be honest. I can't, I can't think of anyone that would. No, well, you don't really know how it's going to actually affect you. And I guess you I, – I think in theory, as far as I know, you could get it again. So I don't know that it would do you any good. But it's a hot topic. I mean, it's going to be – we're going to be hearing about this. It's not going to just go away January 1st. Uh, it's going to be there all season long, probably all next year, even outdoors. So it's going to be something that gets brought up quite a bit. And we're going to continuously have to deal with it. But hopefully we get the full season in. But uh, definitely interesting conversation between the guys, uh, Randy and Paul and Steve. Uh, so, hey, some no- some news coming up. And, Van, you're probably stoked on this. He mentioned last week the, the live Pulp Show at Three Palms. But he also yeah. mentioned that there are going to be some fly radio shows uh, at some of the events. I don't know which ones. I don't know if it'll be Houston. But as a fan – and as a quote-unquote media guy, I have enjoyed a lot of those things. So I'm pretty stoked. I think the fans are going to like that, uh, and I'm glad that he's letting us know about it. What do you think? Have you done any of those, Van? Have you seen any of them? Have you had time? I know you, typically you're pretty busy during on Saturdays at the racetrack. Yeah, I've actually – I listened to pretty much the whole one at A1. Okay. Uh, in the in-between practice, I was right next to the stage. Like, all sounds was, like, behind the fly – setup so um it was super cool and i even went over there and got a little snapchat video it's pretty funny oh nice everyone talking and, and uh yeah that's cool that they're bringing it back and i always try to get i don't know it's cool being a racer but being a fan too you know and like listening to all their hot takes because yeah i don't know steve has so much information that like i don't even know as a racer you know like <laughs> and i and like I'm friends with these dudes, I'm sure. homies with them, and I'm like I'm like he's talking about like their deals and or like whatever, just silly season stuff or just like little drama that's going on. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, how the hell? Like he's got so many connects. It's just cool to listen to. So is that Van? Is that is that your favorite thing about listening to Pulp, or, or what is what is it that draws you to it? You know, what's the what's the thing that stands out the most as a Pulp MX fan? Um, yeah, just kind of the, uh, I don't know, the little bit of drama and then, like, just hearing the riders talk, because I don't really, yeah. some of them, like, some of the dudes, like, uh, for this week, for instance, uh, uh, Hunter, I mean, Jet yeah. and Jalik, I don't know them personally, but, like, I've seen them kind of coming up and seen all the interviews and stuff, so it's cool to hear the rider talking, like, when Steve gets in-depth and actually, like, has an interview with them, and he kind of hits. Steve hits more of a personal side too. I feel like than most interviews, you know, like for a magazine or whatever. Yeah, and uh, it's cool to hear like the other side of the rider, you know, and just kind of see their personality a little bit. I agree. I agree. I, uh, obviously, there's a lot of reasons to enjoy listening to Pulp Mex, but that's certainly one of them. Mason, have you had a chance to do the Fly Radio live shows in the pits? 
No, I haven't. Well, you're missing out, dude. You got to make one if uh, if you can. Well, once they get back to California, probably next year. Yeah, if we, <laughs> if it ever comes back to California, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll see. Yeah, 2022 maybe. Right, um, right. Okay, before we get to J Law or yeah, J Law, uh, the I want to bring up sort of what I touched on at the beginning. Paul and Randy kind of giving each other crap back and forth. So uh, we now know Pro Taper is the official bar of Star Yamaha. Uh, J and now J Law is with Renthal. And <laughs> when I don't know if you guys were watching this live as I was on YouTube, but when Paul said J Law is now on Renthal, Randy just rolled his eyes. Gave me a pretty good giggle. I thought it was, I don't know, that's, again, why I think those two guys were so good is just the friendship and the ball blessing, which I think I've said over and over, that's probably my favorite thing about the show is Steve and JT and Weege specifically, how they handle each other, how they bust each other's balls, and seeing that with Randy and Paul uh, throughout the whole night. And, and we'll talk about that when we get to the Art of Sport game show. That was That was good stuff. But, all right, Jet Lawrence, man, he is... Hot commodity, going to be a fan favorite. Riding east, apparently. Um, Van, what do you think of the the narrow Supercross video they posted? Four day shoot. Uh, Jet Jet being a young kid, you know. I mean, I guess he didn't. He probably didn't have to do four days shoot if he wanted to put his foot down. But pretty impressive that he went out there and did that for his sponsors and to uh, put some you know some some entertainment out there for us. Yeah, that was super. Uh, he and just listening to Jet and like the information he gave about the shoot, like staying there until two a.m. Yeah, like, crazy, right, dude? I was I was blown away. I'm like, dude, I don't think I'd even do that, dude. I'm like a <laughs> low end privateer, and like, yeah. I was, dude, I'd be like, I need to go to bed, dude. But I'm also a little bit older too. But like, um, yeah, that was super cool. And him talking about. Um, kind of getting sketchy on that one finish line jump they had or whatever, and off jumping the off edge. the side, landing. Yeah, landing on, uh, landing on that light or two is funny. But um, yeah, it was cool to hear like some of the um, just the behind the scenes stuff of that shoot. It's cool yep. that Steve kind of got it out of them for sure. And I really like Mason the fact that Jet seemed you know he he's so open to it because he's still. He's not jaded yet. He still loves the sport. It's still fresh and new to him. He's probably out there like, yeah, let's do it, whatever. You know, that's the sense I get from him. Uh, and and I really enjoyed that. And then also with what Van said, the sketchy part, like all I was thinking when he was telling that was what if something bad had happened and now your Supercross season doesn't happen because of this stupid video? <laughs> yeah, that would really suck if he yeah. if he messed it up. But um, I thought it was really cool. Uh, obviously, the video was really cool. Um, but I really enjoyed being able to hear both Jet and Jeremy's side of that shoot. Sure, um, yeah, that was yeah. really cool from seeing it from the rider and then also from, I guess, the, the coordinator or promoter, whatever you want to call him. Um, it was cool getting both sides of that. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so the, the, the meat of the Jet Lawrence interview to me with Steve saying, hey, you've got to be thinking championship, Mason. Uh, you've got to be thinking, yeah. Jet, for yourself, like, I mean, obviously you came so close to winning Supercross last year. You won Paula. Like, it's championship for you. I mean, you're only 17, so you're super young, or 18. Are you 17? 17? Um, 17, yeah. Yeah, but you got to be thinking championship. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure most riders try to think of championship or winning races, so, no, I'm, I'm a, obviously I have that in the back of my mind, but, um, 
my main goal is to go out there, ride at a hundred percent jet, and don't do any uh, stupid mistakes, and make sure I I learn from my mistakes from last year, and mm-hmm. make sure I capitalize on it. And um, yeah, the main important thing: go have fun, bang some bars with some boys, and yep. just have a have a good time. Oh my god! If you so Van, that's to me a lot of pressure for a kid that age to be thinking championship already. Like, I, I mean, I go okay. Yeah, it's a possibility you could win a championship for sure. But to be thinking going in, I, f- I feel like man, maybe wait another year. Like that's my opinion. What do you think as a professional racer? Yeah, I see a little bit of uh, both of that. You know, where it is a bold statement. You know, to say that he's already thinking about championship being kind of a, a rookie still, but he showed so much flash last year already that it's kind of like. And what he what he hinted to was kind of a, a vet mentality where he's like, I want to show that I learned from my mistakes from last year. Uh, it just showed that he's already learning. He's already thinking that way, that I don't want to be this dumb rookie kid that, that blows it. And I think that he already has the speed. Like, we've, still, we've all seen that. So if he puts two and two together, I mean, yeah, why not go for the championship? I think he's, he might be able to, like, finish it, you know? Yeah, how about you, Mason? Do you think Steve saying that, like, you have to be thinking championship, do you think he would say that to, I mean, I don't, like, is it just Jets on a different level, I guess, is why Steve said that. The average kid his age who's, you know, pretty damn new at Supercross, like, you you wouldn't put that on him. Yeah, I mean, he didn't ask um, Julie Swole that question exactly. later on, and, and they're in the same class. Um, I think that's just kind of the next level of progression for Jet, though. Um, I mean, he's won a – he got really close to winning that race. Um, I think it was Anaheim, too, right? Yeah. Um, and then he won that last one there at Paula. I mean, that's kind of the next step is winning races, and uh, there's it's a short series, so if he could click off a couple wins and put himself in good position, absolutely go for it. Yeah, and he has the right attitude, like Van said. Uh, I think Jet – Jets is going to be a, a staple of our sport for a long time, I believe, and it's something to look forward to. Uh, a lot of good stuff in that interview that I we're not touching on right now, uh, but just if you haven't listened to the show, you got to go back and check it out. There's a lot of good stuff there. Coming out of that interview, the guys talked about Star Yamaha. Martin, we, forgot, we, did we, we got number did six. We, did we forget about number six? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Right? Okay. We forgot about <laughs> I mean, the, we, we forgot about the ninety percent chance that, that who will be the outdoor champion. Right. Uh, you blew so you got to put him in the supercross talk too. No, I, I think he's, no, yeah, I, no, I think yep. you do. No, I think yep. you do. No, I, yep. I, no, yep. no. Yes, I, I need to see anything. He's he's won races before. Okay, so uh, uh, can can we put um, um, Ryan Sipes in that conversation because he's won before too, and he raced last year. No, races. I might take that bet. He he can win a race. Yes. No races. Yeah. All right. So Mason, this obviously led from Jet Lawrence interview. The, how the 250 guys are going to do. Uh, but they, they kind of forgot when they were talking about all the riders at Star, they forgot, you know, the main guy probably, Jeremy Martin, then the discussion of the races. What do you think of, what do you think about them, first of all, forgetting him uh, and him winning a championship? Uh, when, when they were going through it, I was trying to list off the people in my head, and I couldn't remember <laughs> the last one, and it was J-Mart. So yeah. I don't know what it was, but I think the fact that J-Mart is back on Star, it just didn't – it just hasn't quite settled yet with him. But Steve was adamant he's not going to win the championship. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, it, are you that adamant? Do you think he has 
legitimate reason to be that adamant? Because I think Jeremy is a different Jeremy than we've seen in the past. We, you know, I think his attitude's different. Uh, you know, working at the dealership, man, that changed everything. Yeah, yeah working <laughs> at the dealership for sure. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Steve seems pretty convinced that if he's up against his brother, then that's definitely game over for him. But personally, I. Yeah, personally, I think I'd love to see Jeremy do it. I think he's got the right mentality. I yeah. think he's got, obviously, the skill set to do it. I'd love to see it just as a fan of, of himself and as the, as the story of his uh, back injury and all that would come together. Um, I'd love to see it. I hope he can. I, I do, too. I think he's going to surprise us. He's going to be one of my uh, – he's going to be in my top three for sure, depending on coast but uh i yeah i i think jeremy's gonna be a lot better than he has been at indoors van how about you man um can jeremy does jeremy win the championship let's go that way and is steve's just way out you know out in outer space with his adamant no uh i'm i'm a little with steve on it oh, of course you are if I gotta, yeah i am uh uh I, jeremy definitely showed last year and even with that terrifying like that bad injury and he took so much time off he came back to super got podiums and stuff that i think he he improved the supercross since his injury and the yamaha is going to make him better yep for sure like 100 percent. but um i don't know i just like i see there's so many good dudes that they brought up like i'm sorry like it's christian cole justin that have been I mean, racing Supergrass and haven't really been heard. And uh, I see them kind of just having an edge on them a little bit, honestly, in Supergrass, but not outdoors. I don't see that being the case at all in outdoors. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. The outdoor talk I brought up later on. Um, all right, well, you're with Steve. So, and Steve tends to be right quite often. So, you, yeah, I'll be, I'll be bummed if that's the case. I don't want Steve to be right, but we'll see. Um, hey, Van, let me ask you this, man. Uh, longtime Pulp guy, you've, you've said that, you're a fan. What is your favorite part of the show on a weekly? Like, is there a segment? Is there something that you always look forward to? Uh, probably Race that Grant. <laughs> yeah, it's a good yeah. one. No, 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 no. Keep, keep after, after Dart for sure when he's on. Okay. But, <laughs> but no, Race that Grant. Yeah. Yeah. Normally, when Keeper's not on, it's just kind of funny. Like sometimes here and Steve just go off, and then and then even the co-hosts start to go off. But <laughs> this weekend, the 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 rant wasn't even it wasn't that big of a deal this weekend, right? I mean, the, I mean this week. No, it wasn't too big of a deal. We're going to talk about it. We've got I've got it in the notes. We'll get to it. But that's that yeah. that's a good segment. What about future headlines? Oh, dude, that one's funny too. <laughs> yeah. Is it funny? Or yeah. Is it funny just because JT gets so annoyed, or is it actually a funny segment? Uh, yeah, a little bit of both. Dude. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mason, how about you, man? You a future headlines guy? Yeah, I think future headlines is great. Personally, I really like X brands and tweets. Those are my favorite segments. Yeah, I like them too when they're like the, when the tweets aren't shitting on me. So that's that's why I'm so glad we haven't <laughs> had voicemails in forever. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, uh, hey, Van. Did you know uh, that in 1999, Seal Savers, or since 1999, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection to the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers to prevent dirt, dust, and even mud from getting into your fork seals. Seal Savers has since revolutionized fork seal protection 
with their zip-on seal savers, making installation a breeze. Check out their full line of moto products as well as intuitive products for your side-by-side. Seal Savers is the original and the ultimate when it comes to protection. So enter the code PULP25 for 25% off at sealsavers.com. It's the way to go right there. Thank you, Mason, for all that. Um, let's get into that, man. You you had something you wanted to do this week, Mason. Yeah, I want to do a giveaway. Um, I know Steve's always talking about your show, The Pony Pod. You've got really long, glorious hair. My dad <laughs> and the owner of Seal Savers, Marty, has got some pretty incredible hair that uh, – You've kind of got to see to believe. So if you ever see us out there, come check it out, and I'll tell you the story behind it. But I want to do a giveaway to a listener with the best hair. Okay. Um, so listeners, submit it. DM me on, on Instagram, at Seal Savers, and uh, I'll pick a, do- a winner with Dark Side. Perfect. So, yeah, so all you got to do is go follow at Seal Savers on Instagram. If you haven't already, you should have, and post a picture, tag him. Of yourself uh, with cool bitchin' hair, Van. Van's got some pretty red. Well, he's kind of cut it, but you used to have fairly long hair, yeah. didn't you? A few years ago. Yeah, yeah, I had some long curly hair. Right when I turned pro, it yep. even came out the back of my helmet a little bit. Yeah, I remember that. I like that. You cut it, and then like I remember Adam Entenap had long hair. He cut it. Uh, there's a few guys that, and right now Barsha's got the hair. So, man, long hair don't care. I think Steve's just jealous. That's really what it comes down to. Uh, yeah. Pony pod. Pony pod. You know, it I, I've said this before. He gives me crap for mentioning the Moto X Pod show, but he agreed. That was part of what he said when we started this thing is that I could say it. So I don't know why. He just likes to give me shit. That's all he that's like the highlight of the show, I think, is when I call any shits on me. But <laughs> hey, so no doubt. so uh I I really enjoy when Steve gets annoyed during the show, whether it be something Travis does, like going into the commercial break. He dropped the the new the new sound drop that where he says, uh, you know what, or Steve says something about having a small penis, small dick. So I love when Steve gets annoyed, and Paul and Randy chewing their food really annoyed Steve Monday night. Uh, Mason, did you catch that? No, to be honest with you, I, I I don't remember that. Oh, okay. Well, I do because it I it just I thought it was funny. How about you, Van? Did you hear it? Like he was like, "Hey, he was in the middle of doing a read, I believe," and he was like, "Can you guys quit chewing?" And they're like, "What?" Like this. <laughs> so I I don't know. I thought it was great. Yeah, I, I heard that. Uh, and Paul even yeah, Paul egged it on. He was like. Well, Steve, hopefully that's not the problem. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so you guys also mentioned, well, you guys, the, the segment, X-Brand Tear-Offs. A couple things that got brought up this week in X-Brand Tear-Offs, uh, Mason. First of all, the Davalos deal for X-Brand isn't looking so good. May have hit a snag, Steve says. What do you think, any thoughts on what that could be? Uh, I don't know. I mean, they forgot to, to, they, yeah, probably, but they didn't reach out or reach back out to him uh, a couple weeks ago. So maybe it's just someone needs to pick the phone up that. Yeah. You know what? That's true. So maybe that's all it is, but I, I would, I didn't ask RT about it because I don't feel like that's my business, but I would bet it's money, unfortunately, but I sure would like to see him in some X brand goggles. Uh, The other thing that got brought up, was what's Justin Hill doing? And like almost instantly, Van, Steve got a text from somebody that says Mun Husky. 
uh, I have talked to, and I actually was texting Steve at that moment because I had just talked to Justin like Friday, I think. And he didn't tell me anything, but he said as soon as he has it done, he was going to let me know. He told me I'd be the first to know. Probably not true. Apparently not true. But that was really quick, though, the text he got about Mun Husky, if it's accurate. Yeah, dude, that was so quick. They were like, literally just talking about it, and Steve was like, all right, let me send a text. And then they didn't even finish talking about the subject. Yeah. He was like, yeah, yeah, Mun Husky. And I thought he was talking about Josh, though. Oh, I, I don't think Aren't so there? because, yeah, I think Josh is doing the um, Club MX team. I think that's what he's doing. Yeah, that's what I thought. But, no, I think uh, it was ju- it was Justin because nobody – Justin's really not talking. You know, he obviously didn't sign the MCR deal, and yeah. uh, nobody's getting any info out of him. And that's why I tried to get him on our show Tuesday and this last Tuesday, and he just said that, hey, uh, I, don't, I can't say anything yet. I don't have it done or whatever. Uh, so there's really nothing to talk about. So – yeah, I, I'm almost positive it was about Justin. But, yeah. all right, let's get to our, our next big guest of the night, Husqvarna's Jalik Swole. Uh, good guess, man. Um, he did say, okay, <laughs> before I get into Jalik, he he had a thing he kept saying over and over and over. I wanna, Did either of you catch it? Uh, I don't know if yeah. I remember it, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I caught it. Um, it was, uh, oh. dude, because I was on YouTube and someone at the time, I was. So, no, Van, he, yeah, Mason just said it. It was, uh, you know what I mean? He said it over and over and oh, over. Oh, yeah. So, you what, know but, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but you were saying you were watching on YouTube, and I don't know if you were paying attention to the chat room, but people were commenting on it because it was a lot. And Steve was saying it a lot. And one of the listeners sent me a message. He went back and counted. Uh, give me a, an an estimate. How many times do you think he said it, Mason? In twenty a twenty minute interview, how many times did Jalik say, "You know what I mean"? It felt like hundreds. Um, I don't know, uh, eighty two. Well, that's that's way way over. It was thirty nine times oh. in twenty minutes. So that's mo- oh, wow. more than one per minute. Uh, but hey, we get a lot. Like, how many times does Steve say also to? Or, you know, we get a lot of those. Or, yeah, no, that's a big one, Van, from you got your riders. What's up with that? Dude, I don't know. But, yeah, I was actually, I was in my garage doing bike work listening to the show live on YouTube. Yeah. And I happened to have a break at the time, and I looked down at the comments as uh, Jalik was on, and I saw someone said, take a drink every time he says, you know what I mean, or something. Yeah. And, dude, after that, I started paying attention. And I was like, wow, you actually do. I mean, he was actually saying that so many times. And then I was like, but I've done that before where, you know, like someone, if you, if someone's doing an interview and you're like, you think about one word and say, hey, how many times does he say, uh, yes. you know, in an yeah. interview? Sure. And they say it so many times. It's, I don't know what, why we do it, but I feel like everyone kind of does it yeah i think it's all sports all around well i think it's just yeah your, your brain's trying to process what you're going to say next and you, you need a, you need a second sometimes um yeah see there you go i, I say um all the time there you go yeah you yeah go. so jaleek swole though let's let's listen to what he had to say hey so big switch for you and i'm not happy with it jaleek i'm not pumped <laughs> you you left red dog and i don't know why but you went over to baker's factory talk about that decision just the team's direction and um you know i was just 
I'm going to do whatever, you know, they, they think is uh, right for me. And um, uh, it's a good group to, you know, base your speed off of and that kind of stuff. And sure. just after uh, training and stuff like that, you can just sit on the side of the track and, and just kind of observe from, like, you know, the big dogs of the sport and right. what, you know, they got going on. So, I mean, it's cool to see, like, it's just a, it's just a change of scenery, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I've just been excited and, you know, the fresh start. And, right. Yeah, I've been obviously motivated since the you know end of the season, so everything's been going right. Pretty it's good. Uh, it's intense, right? I mean, that's again. I love Red Dog, but 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 the, the when you're doing these motos against all the other guys, it's it brings it up, right? It brings up a little bit of a level. Oh yeah, for yep. sure. Yeah, I mean the intensity is is kind of what I felt like was just not my strong suit. All right, Mason, I don't know how well or if you knew anything about Jalik before this interview. I talked to him at Dallas last year very briefly. I, I, this was the, by far the best interview I've ever heard with him. I liked his openness. I liked his, you know, he made some jokes that I'm going to talk about in a minute. But I thought it was really good. Uh, and it really, I'll be honest, it kind of made me appreciate him a little bit more. And I feel like just because of that one interview, I'm going to pay attention more. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely going to pay more attention to him. I picked him a couple times in fantasy, sure. so I kind of was aware of it. Also, kind of briefly or, or you know, in a little bit of, of his amateur career, just kind of recognized the name coming through the ranks and then when he turned pro. Um, but, yeah, it was really cool to hear from him and get to know him a little bit, and I hope he's a regular on Holt. Yeah, I'm sure he will be as the season goes on. Uh, Van, I really – the part of that audio that I liked the best that really kind of stood out to me, even when it was live Monday – was him saying, you know, when he gets done, he can kind of sit back and watch the big dogs ride. Like, I, you know, and I'm sure everybody does that, right? But he's clearly talking about, hey, I moved to Baker's Factory because basically the team wanted me to, but I'm soaking all this in. I'm learning from it. It's going to make me better. Uh, he actually at one point in the interview talked about his outdoors and it was just shitty. It was on him. Like, he he's motivated, it sounds like, from this interview – to improve and i appreciate the fact that he was on yeah that was super cool i, I haven't really known julie personally yeah and uh dude that that whole interview changed my whole like perspective of him i kind of thought he was kind of shy like they hit it on at the interview yeah he and, says uh, that yeah resting bitch face yeah yeah, yeah, wrestling business, exactly. But I've had some friends that are actually pretty close to him, and they're like, no, nah, no, nah, he's like a really good, like, funny, like, cool dude. And um, he definitely showed it in that interview. And I like, just like what you were talking about, how you talked about watching the big dogs. Because, yeah. I mean, that's something, like, I still love to see, you know, like, I, <laughs> I have to watch A practice. And, like, yeah. if I was on there, I'd be doing the exact same thing. So that's really smart of him just to, just to take it all in and even watch, like, the dudes that are a little bit better to see what they're doing different and latch on to it. Yeah. Yep. And you know, the, the resting bitch face comment guys made me think of the interview I did with him on press day at Arlington. Cause that's the vibe I got. He kind of seemed like almost like he said, he seemed uh, like he was too cool to talk to me. Mm -hmm. Kind of like, I don't know who you are. Basically that's the vibe I got. Uh, but now once we got doing the interview, he, he was good. Like he answered his questions, but it, now that I look at what he or listen to what he said with Pulp, I go, oh, okay. He's just shy. He didn't really know me. He's still a rookie, and yeah. So it did. It changed my opinion of him, also, Mason. Uh, and, and I appreciate that. That Steve brings that out of people a lot, 
And I, I always appreciate it, and that's what keeps me coming back, or one of the many things that keeps me coming back. Um, hey, before we, I have some more stuff on Jalik, but I, Mason, you mentioned fantasy a minute ago. So I know you play. Van, do you play fantasy? I think you do. No, I don't, oh, actually. Okay. okay. I want to. All right, well, you need to. But early in the show, and they talked about it with JT Mason, the pop-up of are you sure if you pick A-Ray mm-hmm. – is solid gold, but poor A-Ray, because he listens to this, man, and he gets butt hurt. Yeah, it's so funny, though. I mean, come on. That's great. Yeah, it's great, but I always feel so bad for the guy. Yeah, I I feel like you guys share a lot of that that similarity, the same feelings. You just kind of get a bunch of crap from the both guys. Yes, and there's more. I think you have a soft spot for him. I do have a soft spot for A-Ray, and there's more to come of them giving him shit a little bit later when we talk about their discussion of the GPs, but we'll get there. But I do like, I do like the, are you sure button just because it's funny. So I hope they actually go through with it, especially they will, especially I think they will too. (laughs) And especially if they add the bonus 10 points that was suggested, shit, I'll take a Ray every week. Absolutely. So, all right, well, Van, we got to get you into some fantasy this year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, you sound super. You sound super excited. Yeah, it's, it seems like a lot of work. And it's not. And, it's not. And I don't want to be getting pissed off at dudes I'm racing against. You know, and yeah. Just try to clean. Maybe it'll help. Actually, maybe I'll be pissed off. I just get guys through me in fantasy the weekend before and just clean them. Well, see, you you could be out there and the you know maybe you're in the LCQ and the guy you picked is like right behind you. You're 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 the four, last guy in the LCQ. And the guy you picks behind you, you might have to just let off a second, let the dude go. <laughs> yeah, that might be a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. All right, back to Jalik. Um, you know, formerly worked with Steve's idol, Timmy, and brought up the Evan Ferry thing. Let me guess, Red Dog never once talked about his own racing with you, probably. Never once. Uh- no, no, not really. I mean, every now and then he'll talk a little shit to me about it. You know what I mean? Uh, Timmy is just clueless about his own career. Tim, <laughs> he'll text me and be like, hey, did I win high point? I'll be like, yeah, you wanted or not. You know, like, he's just, dude, he's just, he's, it's incredible. He's like, he's like Rain Man with his own career. I, I, it's, it's phenomenal, but he's a super smart guy. Hey, man, uh, Evan Ferry, uh, he is. Dude, he's pretty good now. He got really good. Like <laughs> pretty good now, huh? Yeah, like like I don't know. Like I just still think of Evan as like this kid on sixties, right? Like I you know, just because I'm old and dude, he's way way legit. Uh and you probably had a hand in that, Jalik, working with him and uh riding with him a little bit, right? Yeah, he's still he's still super trash to me though, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, Van, what do you take away? First of all, we know Steve's idolizes Timmy. He said for years. He doesn't want to still be doing this when Evan comes around. So there's some good ball busting there. A little bit of Timmy talk. I don't think Jalik understood the Rain Man comment because I doubt Jalik's ever seen Rain Man. Uh, but I don't know. Give me give me your thoughts on that whole little conversation. I I thought it was entertaining. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Kind of getting some insight in, into Timmy's camp. You know? Like, yeah, exactly. Jalik's got a. You know, he's probably just kind of picks on Evan, you know, a little bit or nudges him here and there. You seem like a big uh, brother, they, right? Like a big brother relationship? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like a little – it's like it's like the kids I coach, too, that, like, some of them are super fast. And I'm like, ah, oh, you still suck here and there, you know. Like, <laughs> you may think you're fast. But, right. 
but they're actually ripping, you know, and you, sure. want to, you just kind of jab them just to make them a little bit better and sound like uh, Jalik and, and Evan have that same kind of vibe going on. Definitely sounded that way. I agree. Mason, uh, uh, how old are you, Mason? I am 26. Okay, so you're pretty young, too. Do you know the Rain Man reference? Yeah, I remember okay. the Rain Man, but I kind of—I mean, correct me if I'm wrong—but isn't Rain Man have like a really good memory? Like he exactly. knows how many fall on the floor. So wouldn't Steve be the Rain Man? Yes, of, of Timmy's career. That was what I was about to bring up. Was that he used it the opposite? Timmy can't be Rain Man if Timmy doesn't remember every, anything. But yeah, so he, that was a fail. You uh, you failed once again, Steve. Bad job. But, yeah, exactly my point. Thank you for making it, Mason. means a lot. Um, all right. How about NYK calling in and some amazing stories, Van? Uh, tell me your favorite part of the Nick Way interview. Um, that, that one story he talked about at the bar where uh, Randy got punched or, yep. or something like that. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. That whole story was Super funny, dude. So, so funny. We had lots of Loretta Lynn talk, obviously, but the bar stories, NYK spit, spits beer on somebody, apparently Mason, uh, but the bouncer then comes and knocks Randy on his butt. They take off running. Uh, Nicole's in high heels running, and somebody in a van picks him up A-team a style. Good. And then, and then we got the Steve having to run also story, Mason. Yeah, you guys are right. That was really good to listen to. I thought it was hilarious when Steve and Kelly Smith were out there and the oh, guy yeah. just Usher. announced. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Usher the guy with spin. Usher? That was gold. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, so uh, it sounds like as much as I love hearing NYK, like he's just so freaking cool. He's like McGrath cool. and But it sounds like it's dangerous to hang out with him. Like you're going to get in trouble, uh, Van. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely does sound like that. And my dad knows NYK pretty well. And okay. He's got some funny stories like that. And, yeah. Um, and with Big Nasty, too. And, um, yeah, it sounds like NYK is always a good time to hang out with. I need to, I need to, at some of these amateur races that I go to, I need to make more of an effort to go over to his pit sometimes, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, I talked to him at Freestone and a couple of the, Supercross futures, uh, yeah, a few different races, and he's he's just yeah, super nice, super cool, and like I said, to me, he's he's like McGrath cool. Like he's not as famous as McGrath, but his personality is just that's a cool mother effer. NYK, yeah, NYK. He said something. He has a quote from an old pulp show that's one of my favorite quotes ever, and he said, "I stay ready so I don't have to get ready." I freaking love that. Yeah. That is that's such a badass quote. Um, yeah. Okay. NYK's uh, um, been a fan of Thumb Savers in the past. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. That's a good uh, – that's that's nothing wrong with having that support right there. Not at all. All right. Once uh, once Nick left, Steve, Steve does an OGO read, guys. He's doing his interview – or his reads, his sponsor reads for OGO. Talks about the new rig bag and that it fits perfectly inside the trunk of the Ridgeline – and Paul asked Randy, do you consider a Ridgeline a truck? The T3 fits in the trunk of the Ridgeline perfectly. It's as if they designed it around the Ridgeline trunk. 
The T3. Oh, the thing Doubt. that flips up in the middle of the tail. Or the yeah, the trunk. The trunk, yeah. Do you consider the Ridgeline a truck? Mid-sized truck of the year. Uh, I don't know. It's more of like a crossover of some it, sort. It's got right? a bed. It carries a motorcycle like a truck. I, I'm not sure exactly. It's like it, saying, it also has a you, trunk. Yeah, because yep. in... <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah. The, the uh, trucks that have the fucking tailgates that open 18 different ways. I've never seen that on another truck. How is that even a truck? Look at that tailgate. It opens yeah, up 18 different ways. Aggressive. It's called just having an, having an ingenuity. It's called having an idea. Okay. Okay. All right, Van. First of all, I feel like you, you, in the past, you're a Honda guy, uh, Honda of Houston. Mm-hmm. I think you could be a Ridgeline guy. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I think they sell them pretty well. Like, I don't, I've never really thought they're that cool, honestly. But I'm sure they're cheap. And then, <laughs> dude, Steven, Steven, uh, no privateer like island for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like they're just because they almost look like a car, you know, but it's not really called a truck, kind of. Yeah. Well, they brought up know. the El Camino. Yeah, a little bit, and a bunch of K Rogers have them, so they don't be pretty sick. I feel like. Yeah, I. I mean, look, they're nice inside. Uh, I mean, I think they're pretty. I, I. I mean, look, they don't look as badass to me as, like, say, a F two fifty. I'm a four. You know, I love the big Ford trucks and stuff, but I think they're pretty cool for what they are. Uh, how about you, Mason? I mean, first of all, okay, let me ch- actually ask you this, Mason. The guys when they come in studio or when they're on the phone and kind of give Steve crap about the Ridgeline, even the listeners who give him crap, would you say it's probably 90% just because they know that's one of his triggers to get him riled up? Yeah, I think 90% is on the lighter end too. Okay. Okay. So more like 99? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Uh, It is definitely, there's a couple things May, uh, five or ten things that we could talk about, and and Steve will get fired up, and Ridgeline will get you blocked and gone. Like he, he, that's a big one for Steve. Mason. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah, cool. it, it definitely is. Um, I think part of Steve's um fondness of the Ridgeline is the functionality of it, yeah, not yeah, necessarily sure. the appearance of it, but the functionality of it is is what's so cool about it. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. It's it's it 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 could it'll haul the groceries. It's comfortable. It's probably quiet. Uh, you know, it probably has really good fuel mileage, like a car, quote unquote. Uh, you know, it probably like you said, Van. I'm gonna go with affordable, not cheap, affordable. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of probably a lot of reasons he likes it, and ah uh, man, ain't nothing wrong with it. I, I think I've seen a couple of them with a little bit bigger tire. Not like raised necessarily, but just a little bit bigger tire, and I think it makes them look a, quite a bit better personally. But I am not going to say anything bad about the Ridge Line because I will probably be canceled if I do. But Dark Side, yo, you should check out. They've got uh, like an off-road race truck and a Ridge Line that's pretty cool. You should check it out. Okay, I will. I will when we get done with the show. Um, but speaking of reads, because he was doing the OGO read, we all know about Michelin motorcycle tires from the Pulpamex show. And now I'm excited to announce that Michelin Bicycle Tires is back for 2021 as a sponsor of the Pulpamex wrap-up show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire. And to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin Bicycle Tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, stay tuned for more info about 
uh, more info on the Pulp Mix show for Michelin Bicycle Tires. And follow at Michelin Bicycle on Instagram and check out bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products. And the 20-inch tires are on their way for BMX. Uh, Van, have you ever tried the Michelin Starcross 5s? No, I have not. Okay. I'll be down. Yeah, they're good, man. They're really good. I mean, you know, with my abilities, and you've seen me at the well, you actually probably haven't ever seen me at the track, but I can put a lot of I can put a lot of stress on a tire, man. I'm pretty damn fast. Oh, I need to try them out. That's not true. Yeah, just ask Current. You know, <laughs> I'm slow. <laughs> All right. Okay. Here's what I want to get to now. Jason Thomas weekly weekly segment. He's he's on and. They talk about expectations for the 450 class. Uh, Steve's top nine. We're going to get into that, but first, let's listen to this. I'm not as stoked on Roxanne's title chances this year. Like, I just, new bike, didn't ride the outdoors, you know, whatever. I'm stoked on Tomac. I think Osborne's going to take a big step up. I think that final win and the title is huge. Adam is going to be fast as shit. Uh, I don't think Anderson's going to be a guy. I've got all these opinions about these guys and these thoughts of these riders, but one guy that I didn't, I wrote about, but I don't think I'm giving enough credit to or thinking enough about is Cooper Webb. How could you not? How be? Could you I don't, not? I think I'm, I, I think I'm thinking like, oh, he's going to be good, like, which is not a yeah, fucking that's true. No, no, no. Really good. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> but dude, Cooper Webb is just as much. Is he okay? Is he second betting favorite for the title after Tomac? Like I would have to think. I would say I, yes. I, yeah. I, I'm I'm big on his chances. Okay, like I, he'll be I believe his uh, his decision this summer was 100 percent to make sure that he was ready come January. For sure. What, what do we think about Marv? Like I feel like Osborne will pass him. I feel like Sexton will pass him. I feel like AC's already there. Mm-hmm. But then. So you're saying he's like a sixth place guy right now? Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah. I'm just being honest, yeah, like yeah. That's, that's kind of- Mason. There's a lot to dissect there. Let's start with the Cooper Webb part. I mean, Cooper Webb is my pick for the championship. Uh, a little surprising to me that Steve, does, he didn't really forget him, but he just really isn't, he, he didn't have the hype or he wasn't thinking about him as the top guy. Uh, what do you think about that, that fact that he didn't, and then also that he's kind of down on Kenny? Yeah, I think some of that could also be like more of a recency bias. I mean, we haven't seen Cooper riding in a long time because um, he, obviously didn't race outdoors so that may be some of it we just haven't it's just been a while since we've seen how good he really is but i couldn't believe that steve forgot or steve ranked him that low on his list yeah that he just wasn't putting him up there like the other guys how about you van i mean where do you put cooper and what do you why do you think that steve wasn't really thinking about him yeah maybe he's not thinking about Coop because uh because he didn't race outdoors, like I just said. But um, I don't know why you wouldn't think about him. I mean, I may be biased because Coop's like one of my good homies and all, but, um, dude, he won a bunch of races last year and still, after that injury, after Dallas, still was able to come back and start winning races. And just like JT touched on right after where they're talking about this, JT said something about how mentally strong Coop is, that he never folds, I mean, I don't know. Even though he didn't race outdoors, you you just can't forget like how tough that kid is, and that he never quits. And then, uh, yeah, Steve wasn't high on Roxon either, but I think both of them haven't raced in a while, and that's why he's kind of putting him in the back of his mind. And 
Man, I think Roxon's going to be a hard one to beat too. I think he just like Roxon. Yeah, I, I said, do you? Wow. Okay. I, yeah, like, yeah. I, like what JT just said about how Coop took the uh, summer off to get ready for Supercross. I feel like Roxon did the same exact thing and won some races last year too. So he's going to be he's going to be right there with Tomac and Coop, I think. So Steve's top nine. Are Eli Tomac, Adam Cianciarillo, Cooper Webb, Kenny Roxon, Zach Osborne, Jason Anderson, Marvin Muscan, Chase Sexton, Dylan Ferrandis, and Barsha. Paul says that he thinks Barsha will be in front of Dylan, but Mason, there's so many fast dudes that I like. It's very difficult to even wrap my brain around picking a top three. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I cannot wait for Supercross to get started. There's so many people that can win, have won. I think they said 19 people in the yeah, class yeah. have won a race before. Man, and I know they said it too, but every year it seems like, oh, this is going to be the most stacked the field has been. But I don't know how you can have a more stacked field than this. Dude, it's it's pretty unreal right now. Uh, I hope it stays that way. We're getting close. You know, Hopefully nothing happens to any of these other guys. I certainly can't pick – well, I've picked a winner – but it's it's really no reason. Like there's no, I can't say okay, this guy's the best. I just it's impossible. And uh, Steve, kind of not thinking about Cooper is almost legit when you think about how much talent surrounds all the other guys. Van, you you talked about being homies with Cooper Webb, and mm-hmm. Steve kind of hopes that he brings back the the shit talking on the line. Did you hear any of that? What do you think about that? Yeah, I heard about it a little bit, and uh, yeah, I think it was what JT said uh, that Coop felt like it was his only option there at that point. You know, just trying to get in some guys' heads last race of the season, and yeah, um, yeah I hope that comes back too. Cooper's always had a little fiery <laughs> side. And, uh, yeah, yeah, he'll let you know sometimes too. Yep. It's funny, dude. But he has that little smirk about him, kind of like, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like you can tell he's sort of he's fucking with you. He's joking, yeah. But but he knows it's working, and I love it. Like I, I Cooper, people have this getting off topic, but Cooper, people have this opinion of Cooper that have never met him because he's cocky. But I think to the the vibe I get, since you know him better, you tell me if I'm right, he's really not – he doesn't necessarily believe the cockiness all the time. Like, he he's fucking with people a little bit. Like, he's really pretty humble, at least to me, in real life. Dude, 100%. You hit the nail right on the head, dude. Like, he's, he's funny, and he, he likes to fuck with people. Yes. He, he really does. But, like, when it's time – when he's the man and he's on top, yeah, I could see how he could kind of come off as cocky, but um, yeah, it's 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 fun and games to him too, and he likes playing that little cat and mouse game, and he likes playing it off the track too, where he kind of fucks with people and yep. and but he can he knows when to make it serious too, you know. Yeah, that, that's the vibe I got, and um, yeah, I, I got that in his championship year talking to him because I would ask him like at Glendale. A couple rounds, you know, and I'd ask him, do you believe you're the man yet? You know, he'd gotten a couple wins, and he's like, no, I don't. Like, he would tell me, I don't know that I feel like I belong. And it wasn't until Arlington, when he beat Kenny Kenny with, you know, that .01 seconds or whatever it was. And that night, he's like, you know what? Like, now I I do feel now that I'm one of the guys. And and that just, that, that the way he would answer me 
made me realize he wasn't really necessarily what he was projecting so much, and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask both of you this question, so I'm going to go with you first, Mason. Over the years, or on a weekly basis of Pulp MX, what's your least favorite thing? Is there something that you don't like, something that you kind of go, ah, like I'm tired of this? Is there anything that stands out that you're kind of like not so stoked on? Um, not really. Sometimes the voicemails are annoying or sometimes the, the tweets are not all that good, but that's really it. I mean, the commercials, I understand they have to be there, but I just want to keep listening to him, you know, (laughs) talking. So, um, that's really the only complaints. Okay. And speaking of the commercials and the Pulpamex wrap up show sponsors, you can find most of the Pulpamex sponsors on pulpamexshow.com. Click on the sponsor tab. There's usually links and dealer codes, uh, discount codes. And if you don't see a link to one of the sponsors or a discount code, a lot of times you can uh, email the show. I think it's contact at pulpmex.com, if I'm not mistaken. It's on there. And ask, and Steve will usually get back to you with a discount code or try to help you out if he can. So all that stuff is huge. I know lots of listeners have gotten discounts and killer deals on product. So go support those guys. Uh, Van, how about you? A least favorite item to- or topic or subject? Anything on the show? Um... Um, I'm just trying to think while you're doing that. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Just maybe sometimes Steve is a little bit of a dick to some of the colors. Like, oh, like that dark side guy. The like the no 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 he he just fucks me. He just fights <laughs> me. But uh, now maybe it was just that one call with that little kid. Yes, dude, that kid was not on the phone for like it wasn't even. 10 seconds and he was trying to get it together and he was just done with it where I'm just like oh no dude because I deal with little kids on a daily basis you know and yeah. like these kids are trying to ride dirt bikes and it, it gets frustrating for sure but it's like oh it's just a little kid dude why you gotta do that to him I think most people felt that way so yeah you're <laughs> he definitely gets to his limit sometimes and you know, you just got to get your shit together. That's what he said. You got to be ready. Have your kid ready if you're going to try to get free stuff. That's that was Steve's opinion. But yeah, it was it was tough yeah. to listen to for sure. Uh, something else that he was a little bit upset about uh, Mason was the the fly racing media chick, the the new girl doing Montana. And and JT says, look, man, Montana doesn't know who you are. But Steve Steve wasn't thrilled. Yeah, and he likes to pretend he's not into the whole like Instagram show stuff. Right? Yeah. But yeah. no, he is for sure. Didn't didn't want to share his uh, fly racing post with Kiefer. He's not happy with Montana. Uh, yeah, he wants some more coverage for for himself. Uh, yeah. So poor Montana doesn't know what she's getting herself into. Probably. Um, did you guys? Okay. Another thing before JT went, he asked Steve asked JT when the fly news is dropping. Now, I'm about to ask you guys if you have any idea what it is. If you do, don't tell me what it is, but just, Mason, do you have any idea what they're talking about? Because he actually has talked about it on the show before. No, I have no clue. How about you, Van? Yeah, I think I do. Okay. Um, Do you think it's about goggles? I'm not going to answer that, but if, if... you're a hardcore listener of the show. You could probably remember something that was talked about in the last probably three months 
that would kind of fill you in on what it is. So, yeah, if you're if you're down, you know what's going on. You guys, you know what's up. But yeah, I can't answer that question because I actually do know what it is. Um, so, before they let JT go, though, they had a little one more thing to say. Is there a man you know that loved chicken quesadillas more than JT? Oh, I don't know about his chicken quesadillas. Oh. He loves them. Oh. I know. I know about his ketchup. He ketchup. he would have like it'd be like, do you want some eggs with your ketchup? Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Aggressive. Oh yeah. Yeah. Aggressive ketchup guy. Have you ever seen Elf when he's pouring the <laughs> yes. syrup on his <laughs> on his spaghetti? That's JT with ketchup. Mm, I love it. <laughs> All right, Van. So the re- only really reason I threw that in there is because it's funny. It's worth a laugh. I like the Elf reference. I I can just see it. But why why is Steve so worried about JT's diet? Dude, I don't know. It's it's so funny. Every time he, it's almost every time JT calls in, he brings up the keto, keto. thing, and it's just yeah, and it's just so funny talking about quesadillas and ketchup every single time. Like Steve wants him to just break his diet so yeah. bad. He's like, you know, you like this. You you want these again? Like you know you do. But JT ain't breaking. No, he's not breaking. And Mason, I, I guess it's a little bit like him. You know, trying to get me to cut my hair or whatever, you know, whatever he, you know, something he'll pick on one thing with kefir or one thing with weeds. It's just like, I, I don't, he just wants to, if it's just effing with people or like he wants them to do things his way. I don't know what it is, but he does it with a, a lot of people that he's close to. Not that he's really close with me, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and if I can retract my answer from what bothers me, I feel like this actually the keto talk is starting to bother me. Okay. Um just I feel like the joke's over now. Like I'm starting to sound like Steve talking about Randy with the videos of him on the start. <laughs> but I feel like the joke's been said and we could move on from it. Okay. Fair enough. I don't know if he'll take your advice, if he'll even listen to the show. But That's fine. but yeah, I, I it's one of those things I agree. It's kinda some things, some of the jokes, some of the rants go a little, they draw out over too much time. So, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's do some GP talk before they let JT go. Can we yeah, talk about that? Let's talk about GPs. Uh, Can we talk about GPs? Uh, Can I go if you guys talk about GPs? Here's one for you, all of you fucking guys. Tim Geyser, better than Jeffrey Hurlings. More MXGP titles. Wouldn't it be cool if Curly won, though, to get that 10th oh, title? Like It would be amazing. That would be cool. I can't wait till Prado just works, Jeffrey. <laughs> Geyser works, Jeffrey, and all of you Jeffrey guys. What are you, you have a really strong Disdain negative opinion for him. I, I, yeah. He is so good, but honest, I mean, eventually you just you know caught a call a spade a spade. You know why? He I can't like world championships you need. He can't stay. I don't, I don't, oh, okay, all right. Yeah, all right. Great job. No, I'm, great, saying, great. I'm saying, like, you act like he's never won a title before. It's you guys. But you, you guys make me do this. You're like this with Stu, though. You're, you're I love like, Stu. You're like this with Troll Train. What? Like, I love Stu. Okay, we love Jeffrey. It's it's very similar. The guy is crazy, crazy fast. And when you watch him, it's like, holy shit. Like, he, he makes, uh, like, you uh, drop your jaw. You people make me this way. If I'm KTM, I, I cut him. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> That's my hot take. That's my hot take. You got to be there. I heard for... some story about there was a muffler in the track that that was part really? for yeah. Oh, okay. that made made him crash. Maybe. Well, not made yeah. him crash, but like obviously he's like, oh, he had to you know yeah. move a little bit or to, do this or right. that. Yeah, that's what I heard to avoid the muffler. <laughs> Something like that. Was A Ray over there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All right, Van. So the uh, the little A Ray piece of audio was really irrelevant to the rest 
but it was hilarious. So I wanted to throw that in there. Sorry, Ray. Uh, but yeah, Steve definitely uh, has a very aggressive opinion against hurling, according to him, because of all the other fans talk, you know, are, are driving him crazy, basically. But Paul's right. He's being a hypocrite because he drives us crazy with the troll train stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Paul's definitely right on that one. Um, yeah, they call Steve out right away, and he just he he, he like dodges it almost. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> like same thing he always does, and it it's just pure comedy. It really is. It, it is. Does it ever? Does it stuff like that frustrate you ever, or is it just always funny? No, it's just always funny because I feel like he's fucking with them and they're fucking with him, and he's not. He has a little bit of seriousness to it, like with the hurling things, but he's kind of like joking, you know, and then it just irritates them, and then then he just moves on past it. Okay, so percent pie, how much, how serious is he uh, that that Geyser is better than hurling's? Or how you know what's the percentage of that he believes that, or he's just the percentage that he's effing with the other guys? Maybe fifty fifty. Really, that high? Okay. How about you, Mason? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got more van? No. Okay, Mason. What about you, man? What is it mostly messing with the other guys, or does he believe it? I got to agree with Van and say 50-50. Wow, that's a lot lower. I thought it was more like 70-30, honestly, that he's messing with the guys. That's interesting. Um, okay, so I'm trying to think how, to, how I want to ask this. Does he, does he realize that he does the same thing with his guys, Troll Train or whoever he's hyping at the moment, does he realize he's doing the exact same thing, or does he not see it, Mason? Um, I think he does, and it, he does what he does. It's his show. He gets to do whatever he wants. Okay, he good says it point. all the time. I think that's that's very, very accurate. All right. Uh, hey, Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson and McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, uh, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, and many more. If it's style performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. Thanks, Andy Gregg, for being back on board in 2021. All right, let's get to Jeremy Malott. Red Bull's Jeremy Malott. Uh, who says you got? You must be scraping the bottom of the barrel if you have me on the show. I like Jeremy. I always like him when he's on. I've never had a chance to meet him. What do you think of Jeremy Mason? Um, I think Jeremy's great to listen to. He's smart. always very well spoken. Yeah. yeah, very smart. Knows a lot, and I think he's really creative too. Um, and I think he's a lot of the you know the brains behind some of these really cool Red Bull projects. So I like hearing his take on that. Like I mentioned earlier. Hearing his side of the the Jet Lawrence um, narrow track was really cool too. Yeah, um, how about you, Van? Have you ever a chance to meet Jeremy? No, I haven't actually. I've I've seen him around before, but I've never met him before. And I thought he was he's always a really good call in whenever he's in, and has he he gives in a lot of behind the scenes info as well that I I kind of like to listen to. A hundred percent, and I think he had a really great 
thought process on the state of racing today and things that are going on? I will say this. I think we're at a point where we kind of know if we look ahead in the future where we're at today, I mean, and I, I use this in like Formula One, like where's Formula One going as technology goes? Because like the more technology going forward, that doesn't mean the racing's better. Like, and I think that's kind of where we're getting to in, in like motocross and supercross. Like, yeah, we have the four strokes and I get it. And I know every time I have two strokes, but like at some point, like should we be like technology? Great. Awesome. But shouldn't the sport be super hard for the guys to do who are really good to ride it? We should make them work at it and show how good they actually are. And then use, put the bike out there or the product out there that the people actually want. And again, I, I'm a two stroke person. I think most of you yeah. guys in the room are, but like, let's be honest, two stroke sells tickets. People like that sound. People like how hard that bike is to ride. And I think what we're going is we're just kind of falling into this trap of like, we got to follow technology, uh, oh, technology, no. technology, technology. And like, that's not, I mean, at some point, like that's yeah. not the answer. That's not, that's not entertainment. You put the great down now. So now you have a perfect starting pad and we have uh, start devices yeah. and we have ignition maps where it doesn't matter how much you rev it. It's only going to a certain RPM. We have rear lockdown devices. Now we have yeah. absolutely taken everything out of the start that used to be fucking cool put the throttle back in the rider's hands where they have to be the actual judge of how fast they hit yeah. something and how fast they get on the gas. Like that's where, again, they make, well, I know it's hard. I know they're sweaty and they're tired, but like, let's make it, let's make them earn it a bit. Let's show us who is the best rider and not who's got the best technology. All right, Van, I want to go to you first, since you're a guy that's actually out there having to do this and equipment wise, money wise, at a, probably a big disadvantage time to go train and ride the way they do every, you know, you're at a disadvantage. What do you think about – it seems like Steve and Jeremy were on the same page. What do you think about what they said? Dude, Jeremy sold me, dude. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> dude, like, really, like, I've been a, a four-stroke guy, like, literally my whole life. I went straight from 85 into a 150, a Honda 150 in the 85 class, right when they came out because my dad saw just how everything was going to four-strokes. Yep. And – uh and then I jumped straight to a 250F, and I've been on four strokes ever since. So I didn't spend a lot of time on two strokes. But, dude, Jeremy, when he started kind of going off about how everyone loves two strokes and, and it would really bring out the skill of a rider and everything would be harder and everyone loves just hearing two strokes yep. and, and all that, it was it was kind of cool to hear because I'm like, you know what, dude? You're, you're right, dude. Like, you really are. And, uh, yeah, it kind of changed my perspective a little bit. Wow, that's not what I thought you would say. That's cool. Okay. How about yeah. you, Mason? What do you think about that? Because, I mean, as a fan and a guy that grew up in the 80s, you know, going through the 80s and the 90s with McGrath, who they talk about in a minute, um, and you go back and watch some of those races, like, I'm like, oh, wow, man. It's pretty damn cool. Yeah, it is really cool. And I think a lot of people will go for it for that just nostalgia factor of it. Mm -hmm. I think they need to do something. I think it, it could bring maybe even a lot of old fans that kind of got out of it back into it. And uh, there's been a lot of people buying bikes and getting into this off-road scene recently. And it might be a good time to um, get some new viewers. Good point. I, I, we know it's never going to happen. But a guy that's smart like that, that is trying to, like the Red Bull straight rhythm, uh, the things, you know, talking about having it on Huntington Beach, like those guys are always trying to progress and figure out what's going to sell tickets, like he talks about. And, and that leads into the next piece of audio I'm going to play here in a minute is he says, you know, it's a business. Uh, the, the bottom line is to sell tickets. And Steve kind of brings up the, his thought process, like, well, they were talking about the series, how it is right now. 
and whether that could continue and how he enjoyed the fall outdoor series. But Steve worries about, uh, you know, that it's just a business, right? Like we keep talking about. So uh, they'll just throw more races in. There really won't be any off season, uh, which leads into this. Bring back, bring back MC and Havasu. <laughs> right? Yeah. Those are good days. Well, you're technically at its best is when our guys were having the most fun. Like yep. I, and I'll, I said it to, in private to a lot of people, and our sport loves this statement, and you guys are going to know it all too well. And this is what we always say, right? Our sport is the our athletes are the most fit athletes outside of soccer. We're the second most fit athletes in the world. I'm going to tell you right now, that's never sold a ticket. Yep. That mantra has never sold a ticket. Why are we selling that, like, that story? No one cares. ESPN doesn't care. Men's fitness doesn't care. No one cares about that mantra. Stop it. Our sport was at its best when, we were, when our guys were having fun. Mason, that's pretty brutal to hear him say that because we do, or at least I do all the time, like how, how brutal our sport is. And I bring up the soccer thing all the time to people that I know that don't understand the sport, don't get it. And when you hear him say that, you go, oh, wow, okay, you're a whole lot smarter than I am. You know the business side. You're probably right. Wow, we need to rethink some things. Yeah, it definitely was blunt, but I also think it's true. I mean, obviously it's true. We all kind of feel that same way, and, and he just confirms it. You know, hearing it from someone at that level um, really just confirms to me that something might need to change. Okay, how about you, Van? Yeah, that was uh, that was eye-opening when, when Jeremy dropped that, you know, like saying how that's how the theme has been. Like we've been – I mean, Ralph's been selling it on TV. You know, you hear it all the time. These athletes are so fit. They're working out this and this and this. Yeah. And like, really, where is that going to get us? You really, you know, like, that's not selling tickets. Exactly what Jeremy said. And and where Steve, I like what Steve said about where's MC and, and Havasu, you know, like, <laughs> that, like, the fans liked that back in the 90s, you know, like, that was, that was super cool. Like, the riders were partying and, and, and hanging out and it kind of got me thinking where i'm like dang dude like maybe i should be that more like mcgrath kind of guy maybe i should start partying and posting stuff about it and and racing on the weekends and then people will love me you know well, i'd be like the new guy in the from the 90s you know like yeah you know, i've some ideas kind of yeah <laughs> like dude that would be so funny like people would love it you know well, Look how they reacted to Ronnie Mack. I mean, it was sort of ridiculous, but people loved it. And Steve and everybody in the industry always says, uh, hey, we want the character of, we want personalities, not robots, right? I mean, that's what we say we want. Of course, it seems like as soon as we get it, the keyboard warriors on Twitter start throwing a fit, but... That is what we want, that drama. We want that entertainment side of the sport. And I think that's a really good point. I don't know how you get it, Mason, but he Jeremy's definitely right. Yeah, he's absolutely right. Well, I, I hope maybe Jeremy could work with Feld. Maybe they could hire him as a cons- consultant, and you know maybe something will change. But that's not, not high hopes from this guy. And I'm sure that Steve would be pretty negative about that, too. But great interview. Jeremy was my favorite interview of the night. Uh, how about you, Mason? Who was your favorite guest? Uh, when you called in, that was my favorite part. My oh, favorite well, part, dark side. that's awesome. That's a good segue because we're about to talk about that. But let me ask Van his favorite part first. 
now that now that we have kind of gone over the whole show, I think you, I think Jeremy's part really did stand out to me now. Yeah. Like I kind of, yeah, like everyone knows Jet's funny and now I know Julie's pretty cool too, but like Jeremy was like changing my opinion on some stuff. He really was. Well, that's, that's really great to hear. And, but what you just said actually kind of made me think about just overall what it's not that easy to pick from this particular show because NYK is always great. And had great stories. Uh, Jeremy kind of changed our opinions, made us think about some things maybe outside the box. Jalik opened our eyes to who he really is. And Jet's just Jet. Jet's awesome. So very hard to pick. But uh, I think all of you guys had valid points. But to your, to your point, Mason, as usual, I called in. As usual, Steve gives me some shit on the wrap-up show. Mark's Mark said a couple of nice things, but what what do you think, Mason, as a person that's been on the show a few times, a sponsor of the show with Seal Savers? What, give me your thoughts on my call with Steve, his thoughts on the wrap-up show. What do you think? Yeah, so as a listener, I think it's funny when he gives you shit, but as a sponsor of the show, I would like more people to listen to the show. Thank you. So I wish he would be more encouraging of the listeners to take the time and listen to a show, which would ultimately – um, bring more uh, listeners to his platform. So I don't know what it would take to get him to do that, but it looks like we got a long battle ahead of us. I think so, but I think and I, I agree with you. Look, and I'm going to ask you this, Van. I like there's times when he's giving me crap that I'm like, God, man, I just wish it would stop. And I've had people tell me that, like, that listen, like, man, the more he talks bad about it, his listeners aren't the the hardcore pulp fans, Van, are going to go along with whatever Steve says. When he says, let's do a Twitter poll, they're going to almost always go on his side, depending on, unless it's about him specifically. Like, yeah, it, it, I, I think at times I feel like him being so negative about it hurts it. Yeah, yeah, I can see how exactly what y'all are saying, how it could, uh, like the, the diehard Pulp fans could, like, not want to listen to sometimes because he kind of puts that, I don't know, puts that, like, taste in their mouth yes. almost. Yes, yes. And then, um, but, yeah, it's it's funny when he gives you shit, but, yeah, definitely, I could see that way the diehard fans kind of get in the wrong, wrong vibe kind of, and they're like, uh, you know, they know it's funny too, but they're kind of just like, I don't know, maybe yeah. he does look a bit, make it look bad sometimes. Yeah, I, and, and Mark's, Look, Mark's had some good points, uh, but he, you know, he listened. You listened, Van. You said you've listened sometimes. Look, the show in the beginning, especially, was a struggle uh, trying to figure it all out, trying to make it better. Um, but what about this? Is the hot topic for me with this, the wrap-up show? Steve's opinion, uh, and it's his show, so he uh, he should get what he wants. But his opinion that the guest in studio should be on the wrap-up show that particular week. He, of everybody, all the responses I've gotten, including Paul Parabino's, nobody agrees with Steve. So I want to get both of your opinions real fast. Van, if you're listening to the wrap-up show, do you want to hear the guy that was just on two nights ago? Uh, and before I say, uh, you answer, Steve brings up the point, but that's the good time to get the behind-the-scenes stuff from that particular guest. But my point is, well, I could have that guest on the following week, talk about what they went through in studio during commercial, but also talk about something completely new because it's a new show. I want to get your honest opinion. 
Yeah, I like exactly what you just said. Um, when I listen to the wrap-up show sometimes, um, and, the, and the same guest is on the wrap-up show that was actually in studio, or, it kind of seems repetitive yes. a little bit. And it's almost like, why even have that dude there? I just, I, I mean, I just listen to him and, yeah, maybe have him on next week, and then we could talk about some behind-the-scenes stuff because that's not going to really take off a lot of time, you know, just talking about the behind-the-scenes stuff. And, and then you could get his opinion on that new show. Yeah, exactly. And, look, I, I think Steve has a very valid point. Steve knows what the hell he's talking about, Mason. He's the king of the pod, motocross podcast. I mean, it's not sucking his dick. That's just the truth. He's smart. He knows what sells. But I just I do think he's wrong in this this one. Um, I, I think that it, I, I think the behind the scenes stuff's cool, right? But I could ask. Let's have four guests in a row from Monday night. It's a similar situation every show. They're not their stories aren't going to be that different either. So that only goes so far, at least in my opinion, Mason. Yeah, I think he's a little off there too. I I agree with Van. I think it does get a little bit repetitive. I mean, if there was something. Um, like that really stuck out from the show that would be, you know, I, I can't even think of an example, but, um, I mean, for like Paul, I really like Paul on all the other podcasts too, especially the fantasy podcast. So I would have enjoyed listening to just him more because I like his personality and, and him as a, as a person. Um, so that's kind of the only thing maybe like regular co-hosts could come on the, the wrap up show as, um, uh, you know, even a way to promote the wrap-up show, like yeah. Kiefer or JT or someone like that, might be a good idea. I like it, man. I'm working on it. Um, I, like I know Steve has a vision for it, and I clearly has haven't fulfilled that yet. But we're back for another year. We're gonna try to try to keep it going and make it happen. Uh, let's let's wrap up a couple more things, and then we'll call it a night. Uh, no show next week, so everybody enjoy your holidays. But. We talked earlier about the Race Tech rant, pulp code pulp twenty to save it. Race Tech. Steve's Race Tech rant was that there's no triple crowns this year. I understand why, uh, but I do like the triple crowns, Mason. Uh, do you agree with him that you wish there was at least one? Well, one. Let's say one on each coast. Yeah, absolutely. The triple count. The triple crowns are really cool. Yeah, I I, did, I, I like them. I think they're a lot of fun. Uh, but I, I get it. Uh, you know. Van, Sean, Brennan told me uh, one of the main reasons is these guys are going to be in Houston for a week. They're going to be in Arlington for a week. They're going to be in different places for a week. More cost. They're not going back and forth. If you do a triple crown, they also then have to have more bikes on the truck, more cost. Uh, It's a lot more difficult for the teams. So with everything going on, they decided, hey, let's take at least that one thing away and the teams don't have to deal with it. Do you think it was a good call? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I see that. But what's, I mean, to me, it's it's different for the factory teams. But yeah. to me, it's like being a privateer, like, what's the extra, you know, 30 minutes going to really hurt on the bike? You know, like, I don't know. But well, I think it's they, more, I, he said they would have to bring more bikes because they, they then have two bikes for each rider. And he, he made it, you know, it's kind of an added expense. I, I mean, am I, is that yeah. not, you don't think you don't agree with that, though? No, I mean, not as a privateer, because I don't have the... It'd be different if I had the ability to get an extra bike, you know? Yeah. Like, they must... They never even really need the extra bike. I mean, rarely. Yeah. So, just wing it for that round. And if we have a problem, I mean... 
Too bad. Um, uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> okay. Hey, that's a fair point. Uh, as a privateer, do you have you ra- you've raced a triple crown, right? Yeah. Do you like it as a racer? Yeah, I mean, no. Now I don't. In the two fifty class, yeah, because I'm more. more well, the year I I made uh, two triple crowns, I I liked it because I get to race like the whole entire night, right? And and I'm good at like getting better throughout the night, but. And the 450 class is just so gnarly that, like, for Houston, or Houston a couple of years ago in uh, 19, like, I didn't make it, you know, and I, I was so close to it, but um, it just sucked not racing the whole night, especially in front of my home crowd. Oh, yeah. Triple crowd's just, it's just harder to get into, you know, and not getting to race under the lights is, it's just more stressful because you got to qualify and practice, and if you don't make it, you don't get to race the whole night. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't really like them. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, so, before we go, Randy talks about, Randy Valade talked about losing JGR and Geico and having to ask for product back. I'm sure that was a pretty awkward situation. It was interesting to hear what he had to say. Uh, Mason, as a owner of Seal Savers, I'm sure that you could kind of, at least comprehend what that would be like. That would probably be a difficult, uncomfortable situation, but maybe a necessary one. Yeah, it probably would be uncomfortable, but like you said, it would be necessary. Yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting. And then that kind of also led into another story. They brought it. Steve asked how the micro bars were doing that Paul helped create and, and start when he was there. I uh, mentioned the, the, something that I didn't know. I don't know that any of us knew that Zach Osborne, was going to go gas gas and was asking about them. That was some really cool inside information, Van. Yeah, definitely. When Steve dropped that, you know, that like no one else was, everyone else was hesitant to say it. And Steve just like went out and said it. And even I was like, wait, what? What yeah. did you just say? Like, I know. Yeah, it, it was pretty mind blowing. Yeah, he, he doesn't care sometimes with stuff like that. He just says it like, and I kind of was like thinking, oh, I wonder if, I wonder if Zach wants people to know that, but that's, that's cool. Uh, all right, last thing. The Art of Sport game, there wasn't really a title of like, it's like the buddy game, I guess, between Randy and, and Paul. Uh, man, they didn't really, it was funny, but for such good buddies, they were typical dudes. They really didn't know much about each other. Yeah, it was pretty funny. That whole segment was, I just thought it was funny how Steve was like, well, like going into the thing, he's like, well, this is going to be different. It's because be a shit show. give me like, yeah, yeah, y'all didn't give me like one answer. You gave me like three choices, like this <laughs> yeah, or this yeah. or this. Yeah, yeah, and, and then they missed all three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It had me laughing, uh, Mason. The game shows that Steve comes up with, uh, whether it be tits versus tits or the the. It was almost like a newlywed game with Cade and A Ray. They're almost always a shit show. Not completely thought out, but they're always, always entertaining. Yeah, they're always good. I kind of wish you would do more of them. Yeah, I would like to see like maybe once a month. And I, I love when Pookie comes in as like the host or a participant. Uh, every anybody that knows me knows I like I like more Pookie. So good stuff for show four forty seven. Um, yeah, it's, I'm a little disappointed. There's no show next week christmas break but at the same time i'm kind of glad it's nice to have 
a week where I don't have to take all these notes and worry and stress out, especially on a holiday week. Uh, okay, any more thought? Any th- final thoughts, Van? Before we, l- we call this a wrap? No, I think I, it was good. Uh, I enjoyed the show and got to learn a little bit more and uh, learn some more about some riders and yeah, behind the scenes stuff and uh, yeah, it was it was fun. Well, I appreciate you coming on the wrap-up show with me, uh, Mason. Anything before we go? Uh, no, just make sure to send those uh, those hair pictures into at Seal Savers on Instagram, and the winner will be selected right after uh, the new year. Perfect. And if you guys, this isn't part of the the requirement, but if you would tag me at DarkSideMX3 just so I can see them, so I don't miss them, I'd appreciate that because I want to see everybody's crazy hair. Uh, yeah. Other than that, we'll be back in a couple weeks and getting ready for Supercross. But for this episode, that's a wrap. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks Dark Side. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show? Sit and me.